going to jump in. We at Dewpoint really believe that this tool that we have created is our future. All right, so did you guys guess who this was? Uh, this one's easy. This is Nico Rosberg, Formula One driver. He was uh, he's before he retired, so he's retired now. His last year, he was racing uh, for the Mercedes team. Right, so that was an easy one, I think. Uh, Nico Rosberg, the son of also F1 racer, Keki Rosberg. Keki Rosberg was a F1 racer when I was a little boy. And like many of the Formula One champions, their sons follow in their footsteps. Uh, but then we had another individual. Who is this? Who's this individual? I think a couple of people guessed. Uh, <laughs> Hannes, uh, it's definitely not Andy Roddick, uh, but it is Marty Fish. So Marty Fish uh, was a professional tennis player, also retired. Uh, but there is uh, there is a concept, there is a uh, certain thing that connects them, at least for me. And that one thing is that they both were uh, typically underdogs. They both uh, were very successful at the sports that they engaged in, but they weren't champions. They uh, both, Marty and uh, Nico Rosberg, they both lived in the shadows of somebody else. Uh, and for, for Marty Fish, uh, that somebody else was Andy Roddick, right? And for Nico Rosberg, it was Lewis Hamilton. Uh, and this, what I wanted to discuss this evening is that uh, nonetheless, Right, even though they very much lived in the shadow of those of of the real champions. I mean, Lewis Hamilton is now arguably probably the best Formula One driver to have ever lived. He surpassed Michael Schumacher's uh, uh, win record, um, and uh, the greatest tennis player to ever lived is probably Roger Federer. Um, but Marty Fisher's story of his tennis career uh, is very much tied to and linked to Andy Roddick, who was uh, the world number one at one stage before Federer arrived on the scene and ruined everything. Um, but nonetheless, these two individuals uh, made decisions that I want to talk about. And that decision is that they wanted to be better. And don't, isn't that something that we all, uh, we all consider at some stage? You know, I, every day, I guess, all of us strive to be better. But the realization that dawned on these two individuals was that they wanted to be champions. They didn't want to be two or three or four. They wanted to be number one. Um, and Marty Fish, the tennis player story, is very interesting. Uh, and by the way, there's a documentary on Netflix about Marty Fish, so you can go watch that. Um, very cool. Uh, but Marty Fish was a tennis professional, uh, was coming towards the end of his career. He was ranked, uh, he was now close to, he might have been 30 years old already. That's old for a tennis player, I guess. Uh, but he he had a good career. I'm sure he made a lot of money. But uh, But when he got to his 30s, he decided... He wanted more. 
Um, and that's ironic that he decided that towards the end of his career when he was getting old and slow um, for a professional tennis player. But nonetheless, he made this decision. He made this decision that he was going to be uncompromising in his effort to be the best he could be. How many of us have been able to make that decision? When you decide, for example, let's say as a wealth engineer, you decide that as a wealth engineer, you are going to be uncompromising in the way you prioritize Dewpoint, in your effort in achieving all you can achieve within this business, or whatever your pursuit is. For Marty Fish, he decided that when he was 30 years old as a professional tennis player, at the end of his career, and so what he did is he phoned up a coach, the coach moved in with him, and they were both going to be uncompromising. What did that mean? It meant for Marty Fish that he was going to have to prioritize tennis above everything, above family, above friends. Uh, every minute that he had to spare was going to be on working on himself to become a better tennis player. And so he went from, in his 30s, he was ranked in the hundreds. I think it was around 134. He was the 104th best tennis player in the WTP rankings. And he spent the entire offseason training like an animal. He lost something like uh, 15 kilograms. He became skinny. He became the fittest he had ever been in his life at the age of 30. He had never beaten his nemesis, Andy Roddick, ever in a professional match. Um, and the season started. And he won tournament after tournament after tournament. And his ranking went from 134 to 80 to 40 to 20. And at one stage, he was ranked number seven in the world. At the end of his career, the only decision, the only change in that man's life was one of decision. It was one of mindset. It was something that he could do in an instant. And that was to be uncompromising in becoming the best version of himself as a tennis player as he could be. Nico Rosberg did the same thing. Nico Rosberg lived in the shadow of Lewis Hamilton for years. For years. He didn't have what Lewis Hamilton had. Lewis Hamilton inherently is uncompromisingly narcissistic in his desire to win. Nico Rosberg didn't have that in his personality. But there came a time when Nico Rosberg was given the opportunity to have a chance of winning the world championship. And that was in 2016. And so he made this intentional decision to also be uncompromising for that entire year so that he could win the world championship. And so what did he do? He prioritized. And you think, looking at any professional sportsman, you would think that they prioritize their sports above everything. They don't, typically. right? They might have spent a very long time in their sports, and so they have become really good at it. But for Nico Rosberg, what would that mean for him? How could he prioritize racing even more than it already was? He didn't see friends. He prioritized racing and family only. He would spend time with family. Every other waking second was spent 
on fitness, on mental toughness, on focus. And again, all it required was a change in mindset, a decision to be uncompromising. And that led to Nico Rosberg winning the 2016 championship. And he retired. He retired on that high and left Formula One. And so my message to everybody is that you have the ability to make that decision too. Dewpoint as a platform has allowed you to take everything that Dewpoint offers. If you get involved here at Dewpoint and you feel like that there's something holding you back, uh, you feel like perhaps you don't have the skill to do this, uh, perhaps you feel like, well, this business and going out and connecting people isn't made for you. Whatever your reservations are about the business, about uh, your ability, um, about South Africa, nonetheless, nonetheless, you are still at liberty to make that one decision that we've seen with many other people. And that decision is to be uncompromising, to prioritize this business above everything else. And until you make that decision, you are always going to marginalize the potential of yourself in this business. It doesn't change the business. The business is static. The business stays and remains a constant. The only thing that can change is you. It's your attitude and your mindset towards yourself and towards your potential on this platform. And so you are at liberty to make that decision to be uncompromising. And where will that take you? Where will that take you? Go look at Dewpoint again. Go calculate for yourself. What is the extreme upside? If I am super successful at Dewpoint, what does that mean? And then make the decision whether that is worth pursuing. If Rob says to you, there is unlimited income available for you. Don't say to me you're going to run out of people. There are 1,000 people coming out of school every single year. Did I say a thousand? I meant a million. There's a million kids coming out of school every single year in South Africa. We're not going to run out of people. If you have 10,000 people in your qualified channel, you will be making money beyond your wildest dreams at Dewpoint. And Rob and Brendan are going to say to you, push for 100,000. Why stop at 10,000? Get to 100,000 people in your qualified channel. How much money will you be earning every single month? What kind of cars will you have at home? What kind of trips will Dewpoint be taking you on? How many people would you have motivated and helped in the process? Stop limiting your belief in yourself in this business. You need to unshackle yourself and have this unbridled commitment, at least the commitment to that and understanding what you can achieve. And so I hope these two individuals are a demonstration of what commitment can look like. You think you're pushing hard. You're not pushing hard. You aren't. There's so much more you can give. And there's so much more you can derive out of this lifetime if you just make that decision. And so I hope that that rests with you this evening. I hope it allows you to... Explore the potential in yourself and what Dewpoint is offering you. 
and if you have any questions, feel free to ask them. We're always here at Dewpoint. Uh, we're live four times a week. Uh, you can connect with us whenever on our social media. You can phone us at head office. We're here to help you. This is a partnership. You get to become a stakeholder, a real stakeholder in this business. You get to build something for yourself that you get to keep. Cheers.